Second Corinthians chapter eight. I don't have the mic, but that's okay. I'll stay right here. Second Corinthians chapter eight. I'm going to read the first twelve verses. It says, "Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia." How that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift, take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. This they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith, and utterance, and knowledge, and all diligence, and your love to us, see ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you, who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also of that which ye have. For if there be first a willing mind, is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. So tonight we're just going to be looking at the faith promise offering from these two chapters. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity and privilege that we have to open your word tonight. We thank you for the privilege we have to participate in faith promise giving in this opportunity you set before us. And we pray for your help and blessing and help us give us understanding and help us to step out on faith and to trust you and to seek your will and wisdom and way for our faith promise giving for this another year. And we thank you and praise you for what you have done and are doing through your people. And we may we grow in this grace also, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> How many of you, uh, when you came to church here, faith promise was new? Any of you? Anyone? Okay. Anyway. Um you know, I, I first learned about Faith Promise probably 20-some years ago. And uh, I must say it's been a blessing, and it has increased my giving uh, over the years. But I want to consider tonight what the Faith Promise offering is. Of course, it's a method of missionary giving by individuals or families through their local church. I think everything ought to be run through the local church. It's God's institution uh, for um Instruction and also for carrying out the responsibility of, of taking the gospel into all the world. And uh, so, you know, faith promise is made to contribute a certain amount, either weekly or monthly, however one decides. You know, we have these faith promise cards for you to fill out. You can check monthly or weekly. And, uh, and it's a uh, missions giving above your regular tithe and offering, giving to the church or above any other offerings given to the church to use as they see fit in support of missions. Um, 
and it's you know it's based upon faith. Um, as you see in verse seven, it says therefore, as you abound in faith, everything in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. And so, you know, it's based upon uh, biblical principles of sowing and reaping. And of course, you always have to sow before you reap. You can't reap that which you do not sow. Um, and we find that stated very clearly for us in chapter nine, verse six. But I want to just consider some things, some principles and statements concerning faith promise. It's not a gimmick of men. Um, it's not a fundraiser. You know, I remember years ago we had a meeting one time about um, taking, raising some money or, you know, through offerings, special offerings or something. And one guy said, well, you know, the last church we was into, we had we had we had uh, yard sales and we had spaghetti dinners and we had, and we, we kind of just kind of ignored them and kept on going. Um, you know, that's not God's method of raising money. You know, you see these people out along the highway and they're with, and they got some church name on their bucket, you know, and I, I often want to stop and say, is your God dead? You know, isn't he, isn't he able to supply you? All, all your needs according to his riches and glory through your local church, through the giving of, of God's people. That's God's method. You know, the, the, uh, uh, for the building of the tabernacle, where did all those things come from? It came from the people of Israel. They gave of themselves. And so that's, that's God's method of giving. So it's not a gimmick of man. It's the principle of faith giving. Promise and give as set forth here in these two chapters, particularly chapters 8 and 9 of 2 Corinthians. And as you see in verse 10, he says, And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you, who have begun before, not only to do so, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. And then again in chapter 9, verse 2, he says, For I know that the forwardness of you, mind, which I boast of you of them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very, very many. And, of course, the example is given to us of the churches in Macedonia in verses 1 through 5. And this was, this was strictly, this was not something that was given to, it was given to the church at Philippi. I believe it's writing about, particularly about the church at Philippi. Uh, Paul talks about that in the book of Philippians, but... But they gave it, these people gave it to their church who gave it to Paul. That was the purpose of this giving uh, in his missionary work. Uh, we see also in, um, we see that it is, is you know, this is, this is a benevolent offering, uh, not tithes and offerings to a local church. Uh, in chapter 10, verses 15 and 16, Paul says this, Not boast of the things without our measure, that is, of other men's labor, but having hope when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly to preach the gospel in the regions beyond and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready at our hands. So he says we're going to be enlarged by you. So Paul's talking about his missionary work being enlarged, or that word enlarged means to, to broaden the scope of, you might say, or make more useful. And he says it would be enlarged when your faith is increased. And it's in relation to their giving. So, you know, I mentioned, uh, I think it was last week, about 
you know, when, when Paul, uh, Paul knew how to abound and he also knew how to be abased. When he was abased or he didn't have funds, he had to work. And I give the illustration of Brother Alexandra saying that, you know, if churches drop him, he, he would get a secular job to support himself, but it would hinder, greatly hinder the ministry. And that, that is, that is very, very true. So, so this was a, this was a, uh, a benevolent, this is a benevolence kind of thing. Uh, for missions, and the Macedonian believers supported Paul's missionary work. As we see in Philippians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, it, it is clearly stated that they did. Um, Philippians 4, 15 and 16 says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And of course, Second Corinthians chapter eight and verse twenty-four. Also, he says, "Wherefore show ye to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf." So, so he was. This was, of course, challenging the Corinthians to do. As they said they would do, as they said it would a year ago, but we're kind of lazy about doing it. You know, they just they just didn't fulfill what they said they were going to do, and so Paul's reminding them of what they said they were going to do, and, and that the other churches were were doing it as well. Uh, and this was, of course, to help the churches of Jerusalem and Judea because of the dearth that was there during this time. Uh, so it is, of course, as we as it relates to missions in our church. It's an offering commitment for a year. For a year. What you put on this card is an offering commitment for a year till next year's faith promise uh, giving. And, of course, you know, the reason for that is so uh, it's not a lifetime thing because we don't know where, we don't know where you're going to be in, in a year. But we also want to encourage you to, to grow in your giving in another year. So it's a commitment for a year. And and so the necessity of a yearly faith pro- faith promise, but again, that's to challenge us to grow or to abound in this grace also, as it says in Second Corinthians eight seven. Uh, it is over and above your regular tithes and offerings uh, to the church. Look at Second Corinthians eight verses three through five again. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves praying us with much entreaty that we'd receive the gift. So these were Macedonian churches, particularly the church of Philippi, that we would receive the gift, take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. So really, when it talks about the fellowship of the ministering to the saints, what that implies biblically, to fellowship together means to work together. To work together. You know, you're, you're pulling... It'd be like two guys pulling a load and they're working together. You know, if you ever saw a team of horses, you know, we, we like to, we like to watch horse, horse pulls. And some say that's cruelty horses, but horses like to pull. If you don't believe it, you watch them when they get about ready to get hooked up. Cause sometimes they're so antsy to go that they don't get them hooked up in time and the horses take off. But sometimes, every once in a while, you have a team that doesn't get started right, and then they go like this, you know. 
And, and so they're not working together. You know, they need to be in fellowship. They need to be in sync. And, and really, the fellowship with, with uh, uh, the ministry of saints is you means you're working together. And, of course, we're doing that. They were doing that. They were working together with Paul through their giving. Uh, so it was a, it was a, it was for their, it was over and above their tithes and offerings to the church. And he says, uh, praying us with much entreaty that we receive the gift, take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. So it was over and above their regular tithes and offerings to their, to their church. Uh, it was a missions gift for the ministry of Paul and Barnabas and, and whoever was with him. I'm not sure if Barnabas is still with him at this point or not, but uh, I know Titus is. And uh, so, so it was over above that. Uh, it's not designated, of course, faith promise giving as we, we know it as in our church is not designated to any particular mis- min- missionary per se, as the church has the authority to decide who gets, who gets uh, supported and who doesn't. Um, and of course, uh, Paul says here in verse four that they they gave to them. Uh, <clears throat> the sixth thing we see is the faith promise offering is not a pledge. You know, a pledge is a legal a legal binding agreement that you sign like a credit card. No, this is something you give willingly. You know, if you go into the store and you intend to purchase something and you give the credit card. You're going to have to either give your pen or sign for it. Uh, it's a legal binding agreement, uh, like a purchase, a credit purchase. This is something we give willingly. Second uh, Corinthians eight verse three again. For their power, I bear record, be and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. So there was no, there was no requirement. Put forth. You know, if you go into the store and pick something up and endeavor to take it, they're going to require you to pay it. Uh, unless you want to be a thief. But, and then you might end up paying it another way. But, but anyway, so this they gave willingly. Verse 8 again says, Speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. So, again, it's not a commandment. You know, we're commanded to tie. That's a command. In fact, Malachi says, uh, you have robbed me in tithes and offerings. So to not tithe makes you a thief before God. But, but this is, this is, a, this is a, a grace giving above that. Um, it's, it's, it's not by commandment, but by occasion to prove the sincerity of your love. Verse 12 again, for if there be first a willing mind. See, we see this over and over again. A willing mind, except according to that a man hath, not according to that a man hath hath not. And then in verse 24, again, wherefore show ye to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. So, so it's, it's not a, a, a legal binding agreement like you have to sign with a credit purchase or so, something like that fact. No, it's something between you and the Lord that you promise to give. Uh, it is an offering between the giver and the Lord. Um, you know, we're, we're not going to come around asking you for it. It's on you. It's on you. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, I don't, I don't think we keep these. We throw these away after the, after they're tallied, we usually throw them away. But, uh, 
you know, again, it's it's a offering given and between the giver and the Lord. Look at again verse. Uh, I can't read my right. Verse eleven. Now therefore perform the doing of it that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. So, you know, Paul was challenging the Corinthians here. You know, he said, I know you have. You know, he, he was, he had, he had started the church. He knew the people. He knew they had some means and were able. And so he, he told them, look, you know, uh, you ought to perform this. It'll be a blessing. It'll be a blessing to you. Chapter nine, verses six through eight. This I say: He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. And so, you know, he, they're encouraged to give, not what they don't have, but out of what they have, and to trust God to supply the needs, and to promise to give an amount uh, for this, this giving. Uh, so it is between the giver and the Lord. Uh, you should give it just as you give your, your tithe. Lay it aside. You know, when, when, you know, hey, if the government can get their money off the top, why can't the Lord get his off the top? Um, <clears throat> you know, you should lay, a tithe, lay aside your tithe and your offering first and trust God to supply your needs. Now, again, you need to use wisdom as to praying what he would have you to give. But what we see here in these passages is that you know, according to the to the example of the Macedonian believers, and this is the, this is the promise that the Lord gave that if if they would so if they was if they would give of themselves, the Lord would supply their needs. And again, verses six or eight of chapter nine, he says this: "This I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly; he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully." Again, you reap what you sow. And this principle, of course, is taught in Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. Proverbs 11, 24 through 26 says, There is that scattereth, and yet increaseth. So there is that scattereth, and yet increaseth. There is that withholdeth more than his meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that waters shall be watered also himself. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him. But blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. So, again, understanding from a, from a farmer's standpoint, you know, if you scatter the right amount of seed, it increases. If you withhold more than you should, it'll decrease. It'll decrease. Um, you will not reap bountifully. You'll reap sparingly. Um, you know, I know a couple of years ago, talking to, uh, I have a, of course, I have uh, three brother-in-laws that have dairy farms, and then I have a brother-in-law who has a farm service business. He sells fertilizer and 
pesticides, insecticides for spraying crops and all that kind of stuff. And, and a couple of years ago, farm milk price was very low. And he said, I, I never had in my, and the one that sells has a farm service. He said, I've never seen so many farmers heartbroken. He said, in tears, didn't know what they were going to do. Couldn't buy fertilizer, didn't have the money. But you know, here's what happens. If you don't buy fertilizer, if you don't put the right amount of fertilizer on your crop, it's not, doesn't yield. It, you're really cutting your, you're cutting your own throat. And, but some of them didn't have money. And, and of course, some of them lost their farms. But, you know, for that to continue year after year is, 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 is a death knell to a farmer to continue to have to do that. Uh, it's like sowing sparingly, and it's going to diminish. You know, if you and I sow sparingly, who is it that gives us the power to get wealth? What's Deuteronomy 8 say? God gives the power to get wealth. And so we don't want to be those that sow sparingly and reap sparingly. We want to be those that sow bountifully and reap bountifully. You know, Luke 6.38 says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Press down. And, and so, uh, again, uh, you should give it off the top and trust God to supply your needs. Because, and, and we see that you know, God did promise to supply our needs. You know, if notice in number nine, it says, The faith promise offering depends not on our ability to give, but on our faith in God to provide the means to give. Bill Winstead used to say, You'd ask what the Lord would give to through you that he would not give to you. So what he would give through you that he would not give to you. Uh, so that's what we need to ask the Lord. It, you know, it's not on our ability to give, but on, on our faith in God to provide the means to give. And again, we see this example in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 3. For to their power I bear record, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves praying us with much entreaty that we receive the gift, take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Uh, so they gave of themselves, they gave themselves first, they were willing to give themselves not only what they could afford, but what they could not afford. You know, I guess, you know, because we use credit cards, debit cards so much today, this is probably a dated thing. But I remember some years ago, probably 15, 20 years ago, I was in a church, I think it was my sister's church actually in Pennsylvania, and uh, they were talking about money or... or, or um, giving or saving money to give to something. And, and this one lady said she took her husband's pocket change every day when he came home from work and saved it up and in a year's time bought him a new rifle. Pocket change. Now, do any of you carry pocket change today? I don't carry pocket change anymore. You know, because we got debit cards and credit cards, we don't carry pocket change. But, but it's amazing how much we spend on non-essentials that we maybe could just cut one thing out, how much we would save, and we could give of what we didn't think we had. And, and so these, these, these 
Macedonian believers gave themselves first and then gave what they believed the Lord would have them to give and trusted God to provide or supply their needs. And, and so it, it depended upon their faith in God to provide the means. Number 10, faith promise offering is motivated by our love for the Lord. And this is the thing that you see over and over again in this passage. In, in verse 8, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the fervidness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. Uh, verse 12, for if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. Again in verse 24, wherefore show you to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. And then again in verse 7, every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So it's something that comes from the heart out of love for the Lord. So let him give, not grudgingly or in necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And so, so it's, a, it's a motivated by our love for the Lord, a desire to please the Lord, uh, to be involved in the Lord's work. You know, this is, this, is, uh, uh, this is an investment in the Lord's work, uh, in, in, in church planting, you know, or um, missionaries have been involved in, um, are involved in church planting. You know, we've got one retired now, but, but um, uh, they've all been involved in church planting. That's, that's what missions really is, church planting. So, so it's a means whereby, whereby we can fellowship with or work together with others who are involved, and it is motivated by our love for the Lord and to see the gospel preached both here and around the world. Number 11, the faith promise offering is good for the believer and good for the church. Notice in verse 10, chapter 8, verse 10, Here and I give my advice, for this is expedient for you, who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now that word expedient means it's good, it's advisable, it's of interest uh, to oneself, it's beneficial. It's beneficial. You know, Paul said all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. In chapter 1, verse, chapter 6, verse 1 of 1 Corinthians. You know, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. In other words, there's things that I could legally do, but would not be beneficial in my walk with the Lord. Well, here's something that is good, helpful, beneficial, gets you involved in church planning. Um, you know, it will, it will, it will, you know, where you put your money, you often take an interest in, you know, I don't, you know, if I'm, if I'm sending my money somewhere, I, I kind of want to know what's, what's being used for, what's going on with it, where's it ending up, how's it being used, um, what am I getting, what's the, what's the return on that, you know, uh, we're not talking about worldly investments, we are talking about a spiritual investment. And this is, we are spiritually investing in the interests of souls uh, around the world. So it is good. It's good for the believer. It's good for the church. You know, and I believe that, you know, through faith promise, churches have given more to missions than any, any other way. Um, our little church here, you know, 
I think ours was 34,000 last year or something like that. So, so it is beneficial. Uh, number 12, making a promise or vow is actually encouraged. Psalm 60, 76 verse 11 says, Vow and pay unto the Lord your God. Let all that are round about him bring presents unto him that ought to be feared. So we are to vow and pay unto the Lord our God. Uh, we're to trust God, again, to supply the needs. And again, this is what Paul is challenging the church at Corinth uh, when he says in verse 10, Here and I give my advice, for this is expedient for you, that who have begun before, not only to do. So they had said they were going to. They had said they were going to. Now he's saying, come on, let's do it. Do it. Keep your promise. Keep what do, perform what you said you would do. Uh, uh, again, in chapter 9, verse 2, For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you of them, Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. And so, uh, you know, they were encouraged to keep their word as to what they had said they were going to do and to give to faith promise missions uh, to support these, the needs of these churches. And number 13, God only encourages us to give, but he supplies the gift. Again, 2 Corinthians, 8, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 through 10. God is able, and this is the key here, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. So your faith in God is saying, you're, what you're really saying is God is able to supply my needs. If I give this, as the Lord has directed me, as I feel led of the Lord, that God is able to make, to supply all my needs, that I have all sufficiency in all things. Now, this is really the basis for the promise given in Philippians 4.19. You know, a lot of people like to just quote Philippians 4.13, Philippians 4.19. But they don't often take into consideration the context. See, Philippians 4.13, the context is, Paul said, I know how to be abased, and I know how to be abandoned. So, you know, it takes, it takes wisdom to know how to abound. You know, some people, that, that, some people that, that abound just live frivolously, lavishly, and foolishly. It's not good stewardship. You have to have wisdom to know how to abound. That's Paul saying. So, uh, and, and, and so the, the first uh, Philippians 4.13 4, uh, 4, says, um, I can do all things through Christ to strengthen me. So I can abound. I know how to abound. And I also know how to be a base. I know how to do without. I know how to be hungry. I know how to go hungry and not complain. You know, that's, that's not easy. But he had learned. He had learned in whatsoever state he was, therewith to be content. I can do all things through Christ who strengthen me. That's the context of, first, of Philippians 4.13. The context of Philippians 4.19 is really talking about the church at Philippi, and they gave out of their poverty for the fellowship of the gospel, and therefore they had this promise given to them 
that God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's the basis for Philippians 4.19. I can't just live any way I want and expect God to keep his, make that promise real to me. No, I need to be walking with the Lord and obeying him if I want that promise to be real to me. And so, so we need to understand the context. And that was the basis, that God, when we obey him, when we give out of a heart of love to him, that which pleases him and honors him, and again, everybody needs to decide what that is for themselves. He's able to make all grace abound to you, that ye having all, always having all sufficiency. In all things may abound to every good work. So, so God only encourages us to give. He supplies the gifts. So get back to what Bill Winstead used to say. What will the Lord give through me that he will not give to me? To me. For faith promise. And then the last thing we see here is the faith promise offering can include every member of the family. Now, we don't have, we have a, quite a gap here. And, you know, I don't expect uh, Cal and Lydia to start giving faith promise yet. But, but uh, you know, young people can give. Uh, if, if you have a little money that you're bringing in, you can give it. Learn to give. Learn to give. Uh, children, young people should be taught biblical principles of tithes and offerings. Uh, taught to treasure that which is of eternal value. That which is of eternal value. After all, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your heart be also. And so, you know, this is something that all of us can be involved in. And it's something that pleases the Lord. It's done out of a heart. It's to be done out of a heart of, lo- of love for the Lord. It's done trusting God to supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, so as we think about Faith Promise this year, of course, faith, our missions conference starting Sunday, and I trust you've picked up a faith promise card and praying about what the Lord would have you to give uh, for a faith promise missions um, uh, giving this year. Again, you don't have to put your name. There's a place for your name on it, but you don't have to put your name on these. Um, just mark the amount, and whether it's weekly or monthly, and, uh, and just we'll gather them up and tally them the Sunday after uh, the first Sunday in April. Um, so... So I trust that the Lord will encourage you in your giving, and it's, and it's through our faith promise giving that we fellowship with those who are planting churches and other places around the world, and even here in our own country. And so uh, it's an opportunity for us uh, to labor together with others in the ministry of the Lord.